0: Heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies
1: Podcast. Well, Welcome back to the Growth Junkies Podcast. My name is Ben Bost, and Kent Del Hussein is uh, directly across from me, and we are here again d- discussing with you fun topics about personal growth and development. Uh, maybe they're not always fun. I don't know that I would find today's particular topic that fun. Would you Kent?
0: I think it's fun. Here's the thing. We, we have fun (laughs) even with unfun topics. We have
1: fun talking about non fun things. Yeah. So behind us, we have, uh, actually our studio has glass walls to it and every once in a while, I'll throw uh, a nice illustration up there to, uh, just like to basically show what it is that we're going to be talking about. And, um, Today, we're discussing shame.
0: On the wall, it looks like champ. <laughs> well,
1: what you would see if you go to our Instagram where the photo has been posted is a boat with the word shame in it and a dead tulip coming out the back and the E tipped in the front throwing up into the ocean. <laughs> oh, oh so,
0: so an E throwing up looks like an F. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. If you see the bottom, you can actually see it. And a rain cloud. Oh, yeah. But there is a little sun peeking through. Oh, So if you actually want to see this image that I drew this morning for uh, this podcast, uh, you can see it on our Growth Junkies Instagram. And I know, Kent, what you're wondering is, like, where did you get an idea for this image?
0: Well, I was actually wondering, like, if you're going to sell original art by Ben. (laughs) We could do that. Because that is fancied stuff right there.
1: It's not easy to draw something with uh, glass board pens. That's true.
0: One thing you need to know about Ben, though, is Ben, like, I... I think in words, Ben thinks in pictures. Yeah, that's true. So I'm probably more Greek and you're more Hebrew, I guess. <laughs> is, that, is that how it would go? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> okay. You think in pictures. Everything's a picture. Are like you image. sure go the other way? No, uh, no, no. Words
1: no. and more, more
0: no. Hebrew, Greek, more pictures? Hebrew is more pictorial okay. as a language and as a culture.
1: I guess I'm yeah. now Hebrew.
0: Well, I took like four classes back in seminary, so I know something about it. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, uh, like, the image today, the, where it came to mind was uh, there is a band, the Avit Brothers, and this band, m- some of our listeners probably know who the Avett Brothers are, and they are kind of a folky, indie, alternative, they're just a, a bunch of random guys, but they make really good music.
0: Well, aren't they brothers?
1: They are brothers.
0: Oh, so they're not random, they're brothers.
1: But yeah, they'll play, they do weird <laughs> stuff like they, no, they are brothers.
0: But they do random stuff.
1: Yes. Oh, got it. Don't, don't all brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Do random Yes.
0: Things. So,
1: so they play music where they'll play banjos and mandolins and, and they'll scream. So it's right. like hard rock folk bluegrass. I, I don't know favorite. exactly what it's called. Sounds great. But when I thought about this topic, shame, that we were going to be discussing, the, the song came to mind. They have a song called Shame. And it just kept going through my head. And, and I know what you're wondering is are you going to sing this, Ben? Yes. I am going to sing this.
0: Oh, go and for so it. So the
1: song goes, shame, boatloads of shame. Are you ashamed of the way you just sang I'm that? I'm not done. Day after day, <laughs> more of the same. <laughs> That's the lyric. And so when I was thinking about shame, that's uh, boatloads of shame. That's where I got the graphic from.
0: Uh, that was really shameful then. Hey, come on. There was a little bit of falsetto in there. Yeah, that wasn't too bad. I mean, the lyrics, though, the point is the words. Don't yeah. get captivated right. by the wonderful tune. By amazing singing. By right. Them. Focus on the lyrics. And the lyrics are true. Boatloads of shame. And I think, uh-huh. I mean, I even read recently that like shame is next to fear probably the second most prevalent feeling we all have. Mm. Everyone walking up and down the street probably feels shame. Yeah. The thing is, we don't talk about it. Like it's not out in the open.
1: Let alone like, is there good shame? Is shame mostly bad? Like how do you categorize it? What does it feel like in your life? What does it cause? And I don't know about you, Kent. I'm uh, well acquainted Mm. with my relationship to shame.
0: Your old friend, shame.
1: Yeah. He hangs around Mm -hmm. significantly. And uh, smells very bad. He's got very bad body odor. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I could put him in a boat, send him out to the ocean so he could throw up overboard. But yeah, <laughs> like, uh, uh. it's been something I've dealt with my entire life. And and I think what I would say going into that, there are probably some personality types that are maybe a bit more predisposed mm-hmm. to shame mm-hmm. uh, and internalizing it mm-hmm. versus some others. It's to me in, in my life and experience with people, mm-hmm. there are some it's like you go, I wonder if it even registers for them. Right. Like, they are not shameful at all. Like, they love themselves. They are out there. Yeah. Like, they just, they're just doing their thing. And, and yet, the truth is, in our darkest moments, when we're by ourselves, mm. and we start to
0: reflect on who we are, oftentimes we can think pretty poorly of who we are. Yeah, I think everybody struggles, but you kind of bring it up the nature-nurture debate. You know, some of us naturally maybe are inclined To judge ourselves and be hard on ourselves Others of us maybe less so But I think part of the the process Is the way we're raised Mm -hmm. The culture we grew up in If you grew up in a family and in a culture That was always encouraging you and, and, And affirming you And for you Then you might be a little bit less ashamed But if you grew up in an environment Where you were treated harshly maybe Or you were judged Or you were condemned or excluded Or having these negative experiences growing up, you probably struggle more with shame. I think a lot of it comes down to the way that we are, but also the way that we're raised. So the reality though, and this this is the simple thing is we all have a common experience of shame in some form. Mm -hmm. I don't know a human being that doesn't feel shame. Honestly, if they don't feel any shame and never have, they're probably a sociopath. Mm. Right. Yeah. That's a little scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's probably true. I think a lot of us who are, I don't know what normal is, but we consider ourselves a normal human being Mm -hmm. have a certain degree of shame. So what is shame? I mean, you and I were talking about this before we started recording, but shame really is for me. It's a couple of things. It's the concept that there's something wrong with me. And that's something I've come to believe about myself either because of my upbringing or because of my experience or because of my personality for whatever reason I think there's something wrong with me, mm-hmm. something lesser about me. Uh, it's also a sense of I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not enough. I'm not enough for my friends, my family, my boss, my teacher. I'm not enough for my, my wife, my girlfriend. I mean, whatever it is in your life, mm-hmm. I'm just not good enough. And that might've been cultivated by experiences, negative experiences. Yeah. Failures, rejections, heartache, loss. But for whatever reason, I think we all can relate to a sense of shame in some place, right. some form. I'm not good enough or there's something wrong with me. Yeah, and there's a lot of conversation
1: about shaming today. Mm-hmm. Like we were uh, trying to cancel the best we can the shame culture Every You know, mm-hmm. we don't want be fat shamed, we don't want to be clothing shamed. Right. We don't want to be car shamed. We don't want to be hair shamed. Yes. For anything about us or what we appreciate or like or whatever we're trying to eliminate, anything shameful.
0: Yeah, that's a big issue these days. It's become this major cultural response mm-hmm. that any time you sort of wag a finger at somebody, you know, yeah. or try to tell them they're doing something wrong. Yeah, don't shame me. Yeah. It's called shaming. <laughs> yeah. And then they attach any word before that, like body shaming or uh-huh. food shaming right. or Parent shaming or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, why are we rebelling against shame? Because it doesn't feel good. Of course. No one wants to feel shame. No. Shame is an awful feeling and, and you it's feel bad. it's
1: also not great to, like, to do what we're talking about, right? To right. To dump it on somebody. Uh, there's a funny relationship between shame and blame. And it actually comes up at the end of the song or mm-hmm. actually in the back half lyric of, of the song that I was mentioning, it talks about the... Basically, alludes to we can eliminate the shame by moving it to blame. (laughs) Like if I can just blame, then I won't shame. Yeah, and and there is this weird relationship between the two.
0: It's probably why people do end up blaming so much because they're trying to unload their shame. Yeah, Uh, the the reality is for most people, the issue is not always the issue. So when you see somebody who seems to struggle with shame. Uh, maybe they are trying to blame others right. Blame shifting is what they call it yeah. So I feel better about myself I'll put on somebody else And it's their responsibility Which makes total sense sure. right? If you're
1: feeling horrible about yourself right? If you can blame someone else for it Then you feel better
0: Yeah. Or at least two of you feel bad So the thing that, that we agree on And that we need to talk about Is that shame is a prison And it's a prison that either We put ourselves in yeah. Or other people put us in it Or both but I will say this. I think shame is a prison that we keep ourselves in. Mm-hmm. We don't have to stay there. Maybe we were put there through negative experiences, the way we were raised or by personality. Yeah. But we don't have to stay there. We choose to stay in the jail of shame.
1: Yeah. And the, the kind of shame that's unhelpful for us and toxic mm-hmm. to us and, right. and difficult. However, it's important to talk about and like we...
0: Already mentioned There is some shame That is good Yeah just like fear In the last couple episodes We talked about fear Mm -hmm. And there's a healthy Kind of fear Mm -hmm. There's something Useful about fear Like when you see A bear out in the wilderness Yeah It's like an alarm system Goes off And that fear rising up Causing you to 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 get away quickly Is Mm -hmm. positive That's a good thing So it's the same thing with shame. I mean, I know that we've labeled shame bad across the board, and largely it is destructive, but is there usefulness to shame? The answer is yes. For example, um, let's say um, I'm a bully, and I'm pushing a kid around at school Mm -hmm. or at work or wherever, and I'm being mean or I'm mocking this kid or just being an awful person, Um, and then I feel badly about it later. Mm -hmm. I feel ashamed, embarrassed Right. About how I treated that person. I think we'd all agree like that's a good kind of shame. Yeah. Like you should feel that. Yeah. I think that the productivity of it though is the issue is I feel it myself and I own it versus somebody pointing a finger in my face and saying those top three statements. Okay. The big three shame statements. Mm -hmm. You know, the one where you're shaking your head. What a shame. (laughs) Right, man. What a shame. What a shame. (laughs) You. You did this. What a shame! You didn't do that. Mm. And that's when it comes from somebody else. It's not as effective. Mm-hmm. But and then this, my second favorite one is, <laughs> <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be the finger wagging. You should be ashamed. Yeah, we I mean, get this image of like this um, old librarian, you know, wagging the finger. You should be ashamed of yourself. Can I
1: do one better? Yeah. All right. A personal story here. I yeah. just to be clear, I don't feel ashamed about singing earlier. <laughs> In case anybody's wondering, good. But I do have a "You should be ashamed of yourself" story. Okay, sure, and and else? truthfully, it's one of those ones where I needed to feel bad about this.
0: Mm.
1: Third grade, I went to a private sca- a private little Catholic school in Pennsylvania, and we were mass one day, and we're sitting in the pews, and I had a paperclip behind my back, and I was scratching the pew during mass with the paperclip.
0: Mm.
1: So when it was over. There was like this circular spot where I have I had scratched through and damaged the pew. Oh no, it wasn't your initials. No, it was just me scratching. Being it. bored and drawing a picture, who knows what? And so one of the other kids in class saw it, told the teacher, and then what happened to me? Sister Francis came in. Uh huh. The me, ruler. Yes. Boom. Took. Well, I didn't get. I didn't, there was no corporal wrapped. punishment here. All right. But she took me to her office. You should be ashamed of yourself. And then she walked me up. Into mm. the church, to the pew, and kind of like, you know, you talk about rubbing a, a dog's nose in it. Yeah, kind of what happened to
0: me. Did she rub your nose in the scratch? No, she took me
1: in. She took me into the church and basically said, "You defaced God's house. Oh yeah, and you should be ashamed of yourself." Kind of thing. I'll never oh. forget
0: that. It stuck with you. That was shaming. Now that's genuine shaming. Now here's the thing about that. It's true. You messed up. Of course. I mean, you did something you yes, shouldn't have done. Of course. So some of that's no question good. That. You should feel that. But I can imagine that being scolded that way by somebody else probably didn't help. Like you needed someone to point that out to you. I mean, it, that whole statement, shame on you, you know, sh- you should be ashamed of yourself is, is not very motivational,
1: by the way. And what it actually did... Is impacted my view of God for a really long time.
0: Oh, see, it caused harm, didn't it? Yeah, so this oh. is,
1: I think this is a good example, even though it's one for my personal life, of there was an opportunity to point out where someone had done something wrong, where mm. they felt bad about it, mm-hmm. but even to love them through it, as difficult as it was going to be, and, and the repair that needed to be done, mm-hmm. but the way it was handled...
0: Mm. affected
1: my view of God. And I guarantee there's growth junkies out there listening that had similar experiences that have caused them to potentially think about God in a way that's not helpful.
0: Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I think that, that proverbial old librarian wagging the finger in my face is kind of the image. A lot of us have. Yeah. And then we, we transfer that to God, that that's how God looks at me. He's always wagging his finger, shaking his head, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're so dirty and bad. And exactly, right. and then we start repeating those things to ourselves. And and of course, the personal favorite is always the you know the proverbial shame on you, shame on you. <laughs> I had one of those episodes when I was a I think a second grader. I remember going to my school and I got in trouble because I put rocks in a kid's pants. Oh, at a recess, that was a terrible thing to do. How did what, how did how did you do that? Well, I grabbed some rocks and dropped it in their pants. So you just like just dumped them I chased of rocks them I chased them and opened their underwear and dropped it right in oh nice and I got in big trouble went to the the principal's office and I got I got the old shame on you Did it' slow him down where the where the rocks had it enough? made him cry <laughs> and 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 turn me in <laughs> but I got in trouble and I got the old shame on you and I yeah. but it's that it just reinforced that image of this this adult getting mad at me shaking a finger in my face pointing at me and saying, you should be ashamed, shame on you. And so that mental image has stayed with me. I mean, the fact I even remember that is, is the reality that I transferred that experience into my relationship with God and mm-hmm. with other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm quick to suggest in my mind that God is ashamed of me. Mm-hmm. Other people are ashamed of me. Mm-hmm. I'm ashamed of myself, so I need mm-hmm. to hide.
1: Well, I think we're bringing up maybe something interesting here, and I wonder if this is true that a lot of our understanding and experience of shame and relationship to, to shame begins really early in life. Right. I, I would guess that our listeners probably are thinking back on stories that they have of childhood where mm-hmm. discipline is often the first place where shame is experienced. Right. It goes beyond helpful discipline to a level that is not helpful.
0: I, I, I don't know about you, but I think back to... Being a little kid, and when I would do something I wasn't sure about, I'd always look at my parents' faces for reassurance, approval, or disapproval. Mm. And I, I, I think it a lot of it goes back to what did you see? Yeah. Like when you do something bad and you look at them, do they look at you with like a, that's the stink eye, you know, the mm. side slant, you know, like shame on you sort of a look? Yeah. Or is it like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry you made a mistake. It's mm. okay. And right. I think that a lot of the ways that we were, since little kids, sort of, um, related to can impact the way that we view ourselves as I'm a disapproved person. People look at me funny and I feel the disapproval. Mm. I, you don't have to say anything. I just feel it. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, they don't have to hear any words. No one has to say anything. They don't have to even do anything. They just feel this ongoing sense of disapproval. And so, to be clear about what we're talking about is essentially what we're talking about is toxic shame. Toxic shame. And yeah. so, I
1: found this article, and it says how toxic shame begins as you grow up and learn more about your actions, how your actions affect others. You begin to develop a better sense of acceptable and unacceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. Your parents play an important role by ideally reminding you uh, about mistakes that are normal and guiding you toward better choices by teaching you about the consequences of your actions. Mm-hmm. Your parents can send unhelpful, harmful messages too. So they gave Mm -hmm. these three examples of what would be the difference between a helpful message Mm -hmm. in one of these times and toxic shame. And to be clear, like how does this begin in our life? It Mm -hmm. begins really early. Yeah. And so here's one example. He said, I can't believe how dumb you are. Rather than, Mm -hmm. it's okay, everyone makes mistakes. Exactly. Stop sitting around like a fat lump instead Mm -hmm. of, let's go take a walk and get some fresh air. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not smart enough. When you share your dream about becoming a doctor, see yeah. this is an interesting one. How many times yeah. kids have dreamed out loud and right. just talked about things, and parents right. will dismiss it and and knock it down and dis, and put it away. Yeah, and essentially we're we're creating this environment of disapproval and shame
0: mm-hmm. to our children. And 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 it's no wonder we carry that into adulthood. Yeah, it's no wonder that it it becomes it amplifies. You know that we feel like we're not good enough or there's something wrong with us. You know, and so it does go back to sort of the environment in which we are nurtured. Yeah. Is it one that is full of grace, you know, and acceptance and support and encouragement? Or is it one in which we feel like we're never measuring up? Yeah. So we live in what we talked about this before, a performance-based culture mm-hmm. in which we feel like I'm only as good as, as, as what I can provide or right. how good I am at whatever I do. And so no wonder we, we suffer in this spiral of shame today. Because none of us feel like we're ever measuring up. right? And the standards are so high. It's like we need to be perfect. Now, I don't know about you, Ben, but I'm not. Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe you are. No. I think I'm coming to not appreciate the close. fact that I haven't met the perfect person yet. Right. And I think imperfection haunts us. And we're reminded of imperfection and that drives our shame mm-hmm. since that I'm never going to be perfect. Well, I have some news for you. Growth junkies. You will never be perfect this side of eternity. Yeah. We are flawed human beings. It's like that old song, you know, from the eighties. I'm only human born to make <laughs> mistakes. Right. Who, who's the artist? Human league. I think it's a human league. Really? Yeah. Can you sing it? No, <laughs> I will. I will not. I you will don't not bring on shame sp- on myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> But it's in those commercials, even though I'm only human, you know, born to make mistakes. And the idea that, that we, it's natural for us to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that we, because we make a mistake, we think we're a mistake. Mm. There's a big difference there Yeah. between making a mistake and being the mistake. Yeah. The reality is we are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. You and I make mistakes and shame takes control over us and becomes toxic Mm -hmm. when we confuse those two things. Yeah. And shame is also
1: kind of a interpretation of our surroundings Mm -hmm. and what those things are saying to us and the environments that we exist in and the relationships that are inside those environments. And so you're kind of always looking at and assessing yourself related to the environments and the people that are in them, interpreting yourself.
0: Oh, that's true. I mean, we compare ourselves We always compare ourselves to other people. It's keeping up with the Joneses. And so we feel real shame when we don't have what the Joneses have, or we don't Mm. do what the Joneses do. We don't Mm -hmm. look like the Joneses. So constantly the media shoving this stuff in our face about what we need to have to be happy. And if we don't have what our friends have, our neighbors have, our family has, whatever, then we feel like we're lesser. Yeah. And so we tend to get caught up with, again, what we do, not who we
1: are. So good shame. Yep. Toxic shame. Right. What do we do about the propensity to, propensity that we have to experience toxic shame, Kent? Like how do we yeah. navigate this in our life?
0: Yeah, well I, I wanna talk about since we have some time here to talk about things we can do to overcome it. Toxic shame. I would say there is a place for real shame. That like, yes. we've talked about this. Right. There's a place to feel a shame when I when I, I'm hurting somebody else, I am damaging and destroying. Yeah. When, even for example, being followers of Jesus, we talk about repentance. Mm-hmm. Shame plays a role in repentance. A sense that I feel ashamed of the fact that I have fallen short of the glory of God mm-hmm. and I know that I need forgiveness. So that's, a, that's a good form of shame. Mm-hmm. But then this whole toxic form of shame is a sense that I am inherently, intrinsically less. Mm-hmm. I am not worthy, mm-hmm. I am not acceptable. I'm just bad. Something wrong with me. Something wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not good enough. And that's unhealthy, toxic shame. So here are five things I want to throw at you about what we can do to overcome it. Number one. All right. I'm ready
1: to catch them. You ready for this?
0: Uh Talk about it. Talk about it. And there's a reason why it's Brene Brown, who does a lot of work on this stuff. She says that shame needs three things to grow secrecy, silence, and judgment. Hmm. So if that's true, then one of the greatest things we can do to overcome shame is to bring it from the darkness into the light. Mm, yeah. So it's no longer hidden. And even giving it a name, even describing it and bring it out into the open takes power away from it. The best thing we can do is to admit the fact we feel shame about X, Y, Z, about something that happened to mm. us or something we did to somebody else. Yeah. Bring it into the open and talking about it openly is vulnerability. Yeah, and to make sure that you have
1: the right kind of relationship to be able to do that. Right. Right. There are certain people you can do that with, and there's other people we would recommend that you don't do it with. Sure. And it's important to find somebody that you can actually bring that kind of thing into the open with them. Absolutely. But the key is,
0: remains the same. You got to bring it in the open. Mm-hmm. So we need to talk about it. Number two, need to process it. Um, you know, one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to stick in our own heads. Mm. You got to get out of your own head once in a while. We play the records. We recycle the tunes, and the records we play are like, "I stink. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm awful. I'm worthless." These are the records we spin in our heads. Those
1: are really clean records. Mine aren't that clean. Well, they can
0: be. Th- th- that is the. Um, <laughs> they have a The radio words. version.
1: Yeah. Okay. That is the radio version. So it's the FCC okay. version. Some some versions are some more are much explicit more explicit than others. Explicit than others. Okay. The
0: point is. <laughs> we tend to berate ourselves and right. the, the records we play in our heads are really bad ones. And so what we don't do is think through process through what it is. We're feeling and why we're feeling it. Mm-hmm. You got to take a look at stuff. So it's not just bringing it into the open. It's actually saying, let's deal with this. I want to deal with this issue in my life. Mm-hmm. Why do I feel this way? Why does it make me feel ashamed? Is it really true
1: Yeah,
0: or is it not true? Truth has power. And a lot of times we don't
1: tell ourselves the truth when I want to make a quick comment on the discipline or skill of process. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put, we're going to go to the other side, not the person processing, but the one who's engaged in the process okay. to be someone who's helpful in those situations is to learn how to ask really good questions mm-hmm. to when a person is processing with you, ask good questions to right. get them to think at a deeper level of what it is they're trying to express. Yeah. And that can be really, really helpful in those situations. Or, or
0: even more, just shut the mouth and listen. Yeah. So, I mean, th- this actually, the idea of processing it is the reason people go to counselors. It's the reason you do talk therapy. Is you go and somebody listens to you talk about your shame. Whatever it is that's imprisoning you. Yeah. You bring it out into the open in a safe environment and they ask questions. They don't give advice. They give, they ask questions.
1: Yeah. And I think you're, you're saying to shut, shut your mouth and listen, right? Cause a lot of people there, they'll go straight to trying to solve the problem, right? The questions are the middle ground. Yeah. Because if someone sits in front of you and you're processing and they don't say anything, that mm-hmm. feels very awkward. Yeah, <laughs> it, can, well, right? you know? it, it does. Depends what your face is saying. <laughs> I
0: guess you know if you're if you're being, being silent blank. and you look like your eyes are rolling back in your head and you're not interested, <laughs> that's not a good the body thing. language. <laughs> but you can sit like Job's friends did for seven days mm. and communicate a lot of value to somebody mm. by just letting them share. Yeah, the reality is that you need to talk about it, bring it into the open, and then. Process it with with other people, yeah. with someone who's safe, someone who knows to ask the right questions, someone you trust and know who loves yeah. you. Number three tres. Is, tres, is to differentiate it. Now, the word differentiation is a um, kind of a psychology term, mm-hmm. but it's the idea of separating the person from the action. So it's the proverbial, um, I'm not a loser, I lost. Yeah. I'm not a failure, I failed at that. But we tend to conflate those two. Well, that's
1: a really, really important one yeah. to be able to create that separation.
0: Yeah. You have to be able to say there are losses in life, mm-hmm.
1: but it doesn't make me. a loser. It doesn't
0: make you a loser. This mm-hmm. is about, you know, having a problem and not being the problem, making a mistake and not being the mistake. Mm-hmm. Differentiation is critically important for us to overcome shame by being able to identify where the shame is coming from, but not making it personal. Mm-hmm. that this is me i'm the problem no there is a problem let's talk about it sure yeah but the problem good. can be solved you're not the problem it's it's what happened to you or what you did yeah and then number 4 this is really important is to embrace grace 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 is this really interesting concept it's it's kind of the hallmark of the christian faith mhm it's this idea that, that God loves us regardless of how good we are, mm. how well we do, yeah. and that it's that beautiful. will never change. No matter what we do, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more or love you less. It's a beautiful concept, and the goal is to be able to give ourselves that grace. Mm. We, we are our own worst enemies. We are not good with self-compassion. <laughs> we are oftentimes very kind to other people and very unkind to ourselves. Yeah, we wouldn't necessarily treat others the way we treat ourselves. A oh, lot of never. Time. We I That's would true say for me. we are the worst to ourselves. We are awful to ourselves. Mm. In fact, I'll go so far to say that we would never speak to somebody else yeah, the way we never, speak to ourselves. Never. But we beat ourselves up constantly, and so this concept of self-compassion is critical to mm-hmm. be able to say, you know what? It's okay that that I messed up on that. It's okay that I didn't measure up. It's okay that I lost that job. Mm -hmm. It's okay that my relationship broke down. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean my life is over. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean there's something inherently wrong with me. It doesn't mean I'm not lovable. And so it's critically important to embrace the grace, give yourself grace, the grace that God gives to us. We got to give to ourselves And you know, in the great commandment, we talk a lot about the great commandments about loving God, loving others as you love yourself. Yes. There's three parts to this. Yourself is part of it. If you're unable to love yourself And recognize your own self-worth You probably won't be able to love others very well Yeah, and it's a form of appropriate self-love That's right Not, not arrogance Not egocentric self-interest mm-hmm. But the idea that I have value I have dignity I have worth And I'm not going to let that get taken away from me Because I screwed up Right Perfect So that's really important Embrace grace And then finally, one more It is stay connected Stay connected mm-hmm. to other people mm-hmm. um, Reach out Too many of us suffer in silence. Uh, Shame is the very thing that prevents us from talking to other people. It's our shame that imprisons us. Mm -hmm. And this is what I was talking about earlier about we choose to stay in our own jail. You can get out of the jail of shame by simply reaching out to other people and staying connected relationally. Mm. Letting other people into your life, you need relationships. Even in, in the Bible, for example, there's all these scriptures about sharing burdens that some burdens are too heavy for us to carry. Yep. I mean, even Jesus talked about this. He said, you know, come to me, take on my yoke, my burden, because it's light and because I will help you carry it. Yeah, We'll do this together. Yep. I mean, nothing is as scary when you're doing with somebody else. So the reality is that the worst thing we can do in our shame is to hide in it mm. and to not connect with others and to share the burden with them. So we have to be willing to admit we need help, mm-hmm. get help, and reach out. Yeah, That's critically important. If we're ever going to overcome the shame that's just controlling us, is we need to bring that shame into relationship.
1: Yeah, we got to get rid of the boatloads of shame. Yes. So, So my final word on this would be uh, something about trauma, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that happen to us in life. And to be fair with it, we've we've talked extensively and acknowledged this on this podcast over this last year. It's been a really hard time for people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things have happened to them that have been outside of their control. Right. And they can start to feel shame about themselves as a result of something that they didn't do. Mm-hmm. And that, that's probably been a, a common experience for people. So trauma can often be a, a significant source of creating shame in a person's life. Something that happens to you, mm-hmm. not something you did.
0: Yeah. And I think they call those triggers. Yeah.
1: It can be, yeah. If I was going
0: to have a sixth one, it would be that one mm-hmm. that there's triggers that we have to identify. I think Brene Brown calls them shame categories. Oh,
1: interesting. You
0: have to be able to identify them and say that that's, that's the thing that tends to set me off. Yeah. That's the proverbial straw that breaks the back. Mm-hmm. And to know what it is where you struggle, these are things that tend to cause me to feel shamed. Yeah. So identify that, know what it is, and do something about
1: it. Yeah. And so that's kind of why I brought that up. Is just you can ask a question like, "Where's this coming from? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's actually caused it? Right. Was it me, or is it something outside of me? Something that's that important to me?
0: If if I didn't yeah. cause this, see, we've talked about like the whole concept yeah. of sin." one of the things we tend to ignore is that when we talk about sin, it's always about the sin I commit. Mm -hmm. But part of sin, a big part of sin throughout the Bible is sin committed against you. Yeah, it happens to you. It happens to you. Right. So that's something you didn't cause, you didn't control. It's not your fault. And oftentimes we take responsibility for things that we didn't do. And a lot of the shame that we feel is regarding things that were done to us. Not that we have done to others. And and the only freedom to that is for forgiveness, yeah. self-forgiveness and receiving forgiveness from others and from God.
1: Yeah. Well, we hope this has been helpful. Uh, shame is a big topic, something mm-hmm. that is getting, getting around more, talked about more, I think, in different circles and, and something we wanted to address kind of in a triad of things mm-hmm. uh, related to our new, new book that's coming out called Mega Life uh, very soon. So the fear, the shame, and the guilt, the next podcast will be about guilt. But we wanted to address these in a, in a series, and a triad, and so we did that today with, with shame. And so, Growth Junkies, we hope this has been a helpful discussion to you. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in and listening. If you want to know more about our organization, Love and Transformation Institute, you can find out those things on our website at loveandtransformation.org. Follow us on our social media platforms, Growth Junkies Instagram and LTI Instagram. Uh, we also have the Four Dimensions of Human Health curriculum that's out there, Personal Development Experience, if you're interested in that. And uh, like we said, the Mega Life book that will that will be coming soon. And so we really appreciate you tuning in. We, we always look forward to providing this material for you, and we look forward to being with you next time.